I appreciate each and every one that's come out on this kind of a dreary Wednesday night. God will bless you for your sacrifice. Uh, I believe that. Thank you, sis. Praise the Lord. And our minds are with those that are not here and uh, uh, for uh, uh, various reasons. And Just uh, please uh, pray for the revival beginning Friday night. Service time will be 7.30. On Friday night we'll make it 7.30 so those uh, having, to, having to work late will have a better time to get here. But then on Saturday... Uh, we will start at 5.30, uh, and so we want, um, we can get in and have, have service and not keep people so late that will hinder them from getting up Sunday morning. Amen. Be in prayer for Brother Flannery as he, uh, will be on the road traveling to get here uh, to us. Pray that God will keep his hand upon him and that God will give him the message that we need. Hallelujah. Amen. We finished up our study of Jude last week, and um, so I'm going to be starting a little different study tonight, and uh, we're not going to be going to one book and going through uh, all of it like I did Jude, but I've got a particular um, subject that I want to be dealing with for the next two or three weeks. Uh, and, uh, what, um, the scripture that I want to use, and I'll get, um, Randall to, uh, operate, uh, up there for me, if he would, um, is Psalms, uh, that we're going to be using as a springboard is Psalms 99 and verse 5. Uh, Psalms 99 and verse 5. And this is what it says, exalt ye the Lord our God, and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Everything, the songs that uh, that was used tonight, just fit like a glove with this lesson. Uh, and uh, Kessie didn't have no idea what I was going to be teaching on. Uh, and uh, the Lord just kind of, kind of swept in a while ago we were singing here I am to worship here I am to bow down well Psalms 99 and 5 says exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool for he is holy we're going to be focusing on that verse and for the next tonight and two or three weeks I'm not, I'm not sure how long we will be dealing with it I know we won't finish it up tonight, but I'm going to be talking about the essence and concept of true biblical worship. The essence and concept of true biblical worship. As a pastor, there's a lot of things that stays on my mind and in my spirit. Uh, that, that I have a burden for, for the congregation and the people in this church. 
And one of those things that, that stays pressing on me is when we have a time set to worship, and we come like Wednesday night, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then when we have extra services on top of that, uh, I understand and that in this fast-paced age and time that we live in, uh, most time, you know, it, 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 it's, it's not an easy thing to, to get ready and to drive, and most everybody uh, that, uh, that attends here to worship, and this is your home church, uh, most everybody has a little ways to drive to get here. We don't have anyone just lives right here in, in, in the neighborhood. Uh, and uh, we got them now that drive as far away as Walter Hill. Uh, and um, so folks drive a long way. And it stays upon my heart all the time. Uh, and I pray and I ask for God to help me that I can help lead. And when people come to the house of God and they take their time and make an effort that that we can have a meaningful time of worship unto the Lord. That uh, when we go away, we go away feel, feel like we've been uplifted, we've been encouraged, uh, and that we have given some praise and honor to God. Uh, I think that we should strive as much as within us Amen. To, to make our worship service towards God as excellent as we possibly can. Uh, and for us to be able to do that, I want, I want to, uh, draw to your attention tonight and, uh, and, and, uh, and as we go on about the essence and the concept of true biblical worship. I want to see our worship services uh, excel uh, and to grow and, um, and that we can uh, receive and we can give from that. And uh, you've heard me say this before, and I'll say this again. The worship part of the service, that's God's part of the service. What God gets out of the service, He gets it during the worship. My preaching and my teaching don't do any, does not do anything for God. Amen. The Sunday school department, anything else that we do, when we first start our service and, and we begin to worship, that's God's part. Because that's supposed to be the time that we're giving something to God. Amen. And a lot of people's got a wrong concept about worship. Worship has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you. It's about God. Hallelujah. We need to get ourselves lost and offering up to God our worship. Hallelujah. And it should be the best that we can possibly give Him. Hallelujah. Uh, worship is important. And 
the scripture that, I, that, that we started from, exalt ye the Lord and worship at his footstool. Worship is about what we do to God, not what he does for us. Hallelujah. Amen. It's what we give to God. Amen. And I hope and pray that after we get through this, that it will encourage all of us to enhance that worship experience just a little bit. And I'm going to begin this study uh, by talking about some things that true worship involves. What What is involved in true worship? Uh, and uh, I don't know how far I'll get along tonight, but I'm not going to rush it. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll present this until uh, it's a reasonable time, then we will let you uh, um, go home. But I'll, I want to talk a little bit tonight about what true worship involves. And number one, true worship involves brokenness and humility. Hallelujah. True worship has nothing to do with how much the drums are being banged on. True worship has nothing to do with how fast the Hammond organ is going. Come on. Hallelujah. It has nothing to do with how good the praise team can sing or the choir. But when we talk about getting involved, uh, Leanne, with true worship to God, we need to understand that if I get involved with true worship, it's going to be, true worship is going to involve brokenness and humility. Now, the corresponding text that we read to begin with, and that it's going to be the focal point, of my whole lesson throughout these coming weeks, Psalms ninety ninety five tells us to exalt the Lord and worship at His footstool. At His footstool. This is the only position you can ever be at when worshiping the Most High God at His footstool. Uh, I think he's got a picture he can he can post up there. Uh, true worship involves brokenness and humility. He says, "Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His footstool." Now, to get at the footstool of God, you're going to have to get down. You you, you see what I'm saying? The footstool is down here. It's not up here. That's why I say that true worship involves brokenness and humility. To be at His footstool is to humble yourself before His presence. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. My, this is... This is gripping my spirit even now. I want to be at his footstool. I want to be like Mary who come in at his feet 
And the tears that she cried dropped on his feet. And she washed his feet with her tears. Then she dried them with her hair. That's what true worship is. Amen. It is about humility before God when we come to His house. Amen. And we gather together. That's the only position we can ever be at when we really worship God truly. To be at His footstool is to humble yourself before His presence. Not to prance around like a peacock trying to make yourself known. Come on now. I've seen this so much in Pentecostal circles, it turns my stomach sometimes. Hallelujah. But true worship involves getting down in humility at His footstool. It's not me strutting my stuff like a peacock trying to make myself known. The object of true worship is to exalt Him, He says. Exalt Him and make Christ known. If we're really worshiping God truly, when we come to God's house, amen, we're going to humble ourselves down at His feet, amen, and we're not going to try to call attention to ourselves. We're going to try to call attention to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Nobody, and I'm telling you this tonight from my heart, nobody when they come to God's house, and that's including the preacher all the way down. Nobody should be in the spotlight. The only person that should be in the spotlight in God's house is God. Hallelujah. Amen. We need to put Him in the spotlight. And the only way we can do that is humble ourselves. Get there to, at His foot's too. He's the object of our worship. We need to exalt Him, make Him known. Too many times in worship, we call attention to ourselves rather than calling attention to God. Amen. I've seen it many times and I know you have too. When sometimes the ones doing the singing and the ones playing the music, or even sadly a lot of times the one one doing the preaching or doing the teaching are trying, all these folks are trying to call attention to their own self, to their talents, their ability. Amen. Spotlighting how good they can do this and do that. And that's not true worship. You're not worshiping God. You're worshiping yourself. Amen. Now, with that in mind, I want to call your attention to Exodus chapter 34. And I want to read verses 4 through 8. And God him put it up on the screen because I'm, I'm going to read this in God's Word translation. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different translation. But I like, I like this translation because it brings some stuff out. This talks about Moses when the tablets of stone was made again. Somebody tell me what happened to the first tablets. That's when he come down from the mountain. What they were doing, Brother Art? 
<laughs> they were partying. There you go. There you go. Hey, they, they was making it about them instead of about God, wasn't he? Worshiping that golden calf. So after all the stuff transpired, then there was replacement tablets that was made. But let, let's read here. And uh, remember now what I'm talking about. I want to show you from the Bible that true worship involves humility and brokenness. So Moses cut two more stone tablets like the first ones. Early the next morning, he went up on Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, carrying the two stone tablets. The Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him. Think about that now. Moses goes up and God comes The Lord came down in a cloud and stood there with him and called out the name of the Lord. Continue. Then he passed in front of Moses, calling out the Lord, the Lord, a compassionate and merciful God, patient, always faithful and ready to forgive. My, my. He continues to show his love to thousands of generations, forgiving wrongdoing, disobedience, and sin. He never lets the guilty go unpunished, punishing children and grandchildren for their parents' sin to the third and fourth generation. My, my, my. Glory to God. Be careful. Some of that stuff we do today, we might pass a generational curse down on our children or grandchildren. Come on. That's a different study, but it's a powerful study, but I, I, I can't get off into that right now. So now, now look, God comes down in a cloud and he stands by Moses and all this stuff starts, he's talking all this stuff. And then it says in verse 8, Immediately, Moses knelt, bowing with his face, touching the ground. Huh. When Moses looked, and Lord, here, here comes the Lord and stands by him, and Moses realized what's going on. He didn't walk over to the Lord, Hey, Jesus, old buddy, old pal, give me a high five. But he realized whose presence he was in <coughs> immediately. That's a comma. I'm using God's word translation right here. Immediately, Moses knelt, bowing with his face, touching the ground. He dropped to the footstool, friend. He humbled himself. He, all right, amen. He humbled, uh, touching, amen, the ground. Amen. And he uh, began to worship the Lord. We don't have, have, have the full thing up there, but uh, immediately he dropped to the ground. You see, when we worship the Lord, it involves humility. 
we got to realize, I got to realize, let me, let, let me, let me just preach on me, all right? I still, still pre- let, me pre- let me preach on me. I got to realize that there's only one God and I'm not He. Every one of us needs to realize that. That's how come, if you really want, when you get to the house of God, to get involved with true worship, you're going to use some humility when you get in His presence. There's going to be some humility there. We're going to, we're going to like Moses, we're going to drop to the ground. We're, we're not going to be uh, uh, boastful and proud and heady and high-minded. Amen. Oh, Lord. There is no place for fleshly pride in the presence of the Most High God. Only respect, reverence, and honor. Listen to what, I, this, what I'm fixing to say here now. Because I, I, I see so much of this today. Too much modern worship exalts the flesh rather than exalting God. If worship doesn't reflect humility and spotlight Jesus, then it is not true worship. It's only a performance or show. If worship does not reflect humility, it's not true worship. It's only a performance. And sadly, a lot of you, especially when you get up into the, uh, to what they call the mega churches with all of their spotlights and show things, and it looks more like, looks more like Hollywood than a church house anymore, and you don't have a congregation, you got an audience. And they exalt the preacher to superstar status. They exalt the worship leader to superstar status. Amen. Show me where the humility's at. Show me where the humility's at. If we want to have a move of God around here and we want to see people, amen, delivered and people really truly healed, Brother Art, when we start getting at his footstool, when we humble ourselves and let him know, God, I'm exalting you, I'm not exalting me. I'm not going to spotlight how good I think I can play the keyboard or, or how good I think I can do this or do that. Because it's, worship is not about me, it's about Him. It's about Him. And a lot of people are missing it today. My Lord, hallelujah. My, I, I, hope, I hope this is touching you and get, giving you something good. It's sure working down within me. Hallelujah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do one more scripture, and I'm going to close it for tonight, and we will pick it up uh, and give a chance for any kind of questions or comments. But I'm going to end with this. Psalms 34 and verse 18. Now, I, I told you that true worship involves brokenness and humility. Notice what that says. Look at that. The Lord is nigh. What does nigh mean? Near. Close to. 
The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save as such as be of a contrite spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Leanne, your brokenness touches God unlike anything else. God will take that brokenness that we experience, whatever, whatever caused the brokenness, whatever it's from, and God is attracted to that. He's not, he, <laughs> he's not, he's not attracted to the heady and the high-minded. He ain't attracted to the big mouth. <laughs> Come on. He's not attracted to the braggarts. Amen. God, God despises folks that brag because he knows that we're but flesh. And, and ain't no human being got a right to brag about anything. The only one got a right to brag is God. He's got all bragging rights. What did, what did Paul says? Paul said, I am what I am because of Christ Jesus. Because of Christ Jesus. It's not because of me. It's not because of my goodness. It's not because of my greatness. I can't claim no bragging rights. And, here, and here's a man who wrote over, over half of the New Testament, but yet he didn't have no bragging rights. He, let God, he did all the bragging to God. He says, he says, I glory in the cross. I glory in the cross. Praise God. This is a beautiful concept tonight. It's a beautiful message and I feel like we're going to get in, we're going to get some really good things as, and understand some good things. And hopefully it will, it will cause us to, uh, enhance our worship when we come to God's house and we'll focus more what, and, and when you're sitting there, when you're standing there, stop and think, what am I doing right now? How am I doing it? How does God view how I'm worshiping Him right now? Amen. Have you ever thought about that? When we're worshiping, the worship leaders up here leading, you need to stop sometimes and wonder how God is receiving what you're doing. Hallelujah. Anybody got any comments or questions about...